Well, uh, a few weeks ago we started, which is now a series on faith, and uh, then last week we did a review and got probably another page into it, and hopefully this week we will finish the rest of it. There's several quotes that I'd like to get to um, of saints that have gone on before, and it seems as though the older you get, and it's not necessarily by age, but the more you walk with the Lord, uh, the more faith becomes a little bit clearer, although it is uh, the evidence of things not seen, it is still tangible, and that it is a substance of things hoped for. And as the hope gets clearer, the faith gets clearer, and there's a lot of uh, people that have written down some quotes to help us uh, really kind of maybe bridge the gap between a newer faith and then a faith in the later years of life when um, when a lot of things don't mean so much anymore. And I hope that you understand, you know, at, like Jonah and Jesse's age, there's, there's a lot of things that mean a lot. Like if you can't get the Legos apart, you know, and your fingernails because you chewed your fingernails too much, you can't get the fingernails in there. And it's forbidden, definitely from the older brothers, to ever bite a Lego to separate them. So these are some big deals. I mean, these are things that we need to have a discussion about. And, uh, and we semi-joke about it. But, um, but in reality, um, we have used the illustration of a three-year-old breaking the green crayon. You know, they're, they're coloring. It's a green crayon, of course, you know, and they break it and they fall apart. Why? Because that's a big deal at three years old. And now if you're 30 or if you're 60 and still crying over broke crayons, <laughs> um, you know, you might need to think about a couple things. But it's understandable. So the same idea with faith is that at a very young age, people do exercise faith. They exercise a practical faith. Uh, and again, the illustration many people have used is Nobody did a seat inspection here. We all just threw the chair out and we took our, you know, 100 pounds of shiny whatever body and we just plopped down on the chair. And by faith, we trusted that the chair is going to hold us. We trusted a lot because they're older. The chairs are older. The uh, engineering, the, the condition of the, the seats. And on occasion, it fails. But if they start to fail in a regular pattern, People are going to lose faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's that practical side of faith, but then there's definitely spiritual side of faith. And we looked at that kind of in detail uh, last week. So I will review, and I, um, even Jen and I were talking about, you know, my uh, dyslexia and such. I learned different, and one thing that I found out is that repetition really, really helps me. And what I found out is that even repetition for people without any type of learning challenge is very helpful because we don't generally take notes. We don't go home on Monday and say, see, you know, what was he teaching on Sunday school? And we don't restudy it. And then on Wednesday, we review Sunday school, of course. And then maybe on Friday, we brush up on it a little bit more, ready for next Sunday school. I, I'm pretty sure nobody did that. I mean, I hardly looked at my own notes, and I'm the preacher. Okay, so... Uh, to go ahead and 
have a couple times of repetition, things stick a little bit better. So, if we could, we looked at uh, faith is in fact, and if it is not in fact, there were four things that we talked about, but looking at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, I'll just go ahead and, and uh, read it here, examine yourself, what would you be in the faith? Uh, that is, uh, it's a call to consider something. What are we considering? We're considering faith, but we're considering personally examining yourself. Uh, this is not examine your friend to see whether they be in the faith. Okay? We all are kind of part-time Holy Spirits at the time. You, you understand what I mean? We're all part-time uh, yeah, I don't know if that person's walking in the faith. I think it is my duty to go and correct every action that they have. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. It says here very clearly, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. And then, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's solely in scriptural fact, and that's Romans 10, 17. There were four things that we looked at, unless faith is established in fact, it is no more than someone. Give me one. Pardon me? Not that category. We will get to that. Yes, truth. Superstition, yes. And superstition, and I, and I love these definitions because as you read the definition, you're like, whoa, that's just not on a hill with a pagoda in Asia. Or that's just not in some African village. That's right in, you know, in America. So superstition, a belief or way of behaving that is based on the fear of the unknown. We do this all the time. Faith in magic or luck, a belief that certain events or things will bring good or bad luck. What is an American superstition? Somebody name one. Yes. The, the, um, in the wintertime, there's this bumble guy. Right. Okay, that would be kind of a fable or, or wives' tale or, or uh, but the uh, Sasquatch or whatever. Yes, that's at probably a different category, but good thought. What about a black cat crossing your path? Okay. Walking under a ladder. Walking under a ladder. Okay, what is a superstition in Korea, like with the elevators? You'll see one, two, because it's, four is, right, technically, what is it, not, it's death, okay, and I, I've seen Koreans write fours like this, to um, circumvent the call to death on behalf of, you know, whoever you're writing. What's that? Oh, I was just going to say more Americans write it like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't write that. That's, that's only weirdos do that. <laughs> okay, but superstitions, um, there's a lot of superstitions around the world. And what's worse than a black cat is if there's a black cat, I heard this one time, that if you are near a cemetery, and a black cat crosses a road, and you're driving in a car, you have to pick up your feet. <laughs> that, that was my question. What? 
Okay. What's that? That's wisdom. It, it's wisdom, yeah, from whatever. The underworld. Okay, so that's superstition, and we all have it. But here's the thing, is if we don't base our uh, decision-making, if we don't base our faith on fact, we will bounce around with strange superstitions. And here's one thing with superstitions, is they sound crazy to other people. Absolutely nutcase, lunatic, crazy. But to the people that exercise them, it is a normal pattern of their life. Oh, all right. We're mentioning things that a lot of people consider to be silly, but don't we all have our lucky hat or lucky ring or scarf or something? Yeah. Like we all I don't like Well, most people do. So. <laughs> like my lucky rabbit's foot that I actually cut off the rabbit. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I get that, you know. And I, a lot of times it's done in fun. You know, like uh, um, my nephews play hockey, and I think they wear the same socks every time or something. They wear the same. I think they wash them. Well, they probably don't, but, you know. Um, but they, they do things like that, and that's superstition. It is, you know, some degree. And again, in fun, eh, it's probably no harm, no foul, but uh, but the idea that we will bounce around from, from superstition. What was another one? Somebody had another one? Conjecture. Conjecture. Uh, conjecture is an opinion or conclusion formed on the basis of incomplete information. Now think about that. Incomplete information. How many times have you been misunderstood because a person walked in and they got about a third of the way through your conversation and they said, you were naked where? No, it had nothing to do with anybody being naked anywhere. Anywhere. And somebody walks in and just, and you're like, where did that come from? Well, conjecture is an opinion or a conclusion that is formed based on incomplete information. And the problem with that is that it probably is right information, just not complete. Uh, another one was speculation, to form a theory about a subject without firm evidence. Now, this is different than incomplete information, but it's, it's weak, all right? And we do this all the time. And then probably our favorite is presumption, an idea that is taken to be true and often used as a basis for other uh, ideas, although it is not known for certain, okay? It ends up creating a fake world. We end up wondering, presuming, thinking, and we end up making decisions based on what we think that somebody else is thinking about what we're thinking and we don't even know what we're thinking. Isn't it interesting? And I, were, you, were you raised in small, small town, Midwest? Okay, I think Rob was also, wasn't he? Uh, the nice thing, part about being raised in a small town is you don't even have to know what you're doing because your neighbors do. <laughs> so I saw your car was in the parking lot the other day uh, at, the, at the local Piggly Wiggly. Uh, did you get in on that sale, on the, on the milk? And you're like, I didn't know there was a sale on milk. Oh, you know. So, um, yeah, in small town America, presumption's pretty pretty straightforward. All right, so a thinking point, something that we looked at last time, is this world we function in, we are bombarded on every side. Uh, do we think this will affect us? And it, we are constantly bombarded by conjecture, by superstition, by speculation, by presumption. We do that. But also, we are, we are inundated or we're bombarded with it from the outside, and it will affect us. We have to exercise regularly, and, and basically the end of every message that you hear preached 
has something to do with go to the Word of God. Seek God and His Word. Yield to Christ. Everything, every sermon out there uh, um, tends to lean towards the reference point of the Word of God. So we looked at this in, in, uh, in the last, last, uh, last couple weeks. So another thing uh, that we were looking at is uh, with placing faith in fact. So now we are granted and gifted faith according to Galatians 2.20, the faith of the Son of God in, a, um, in a Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Um, you present your body a living sacrifice, fully acceptable in God, which is a reasonable service. We know that. And then verse 3 talks about gifted and measured um, grace and faith as well. So we have gifted and measured grace and faith, and we place that faith in fact. But what are some other options now, Vivian's answer, answer? So it could be conjecture, superstition, speculation, or presumption categorically. But if we, but now we're, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to superstition. We're not going to presume. But we can place our faith in wrong things. So we have everything. We have, we have, the, uh, we have the gifted, measured grace and faith. We have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us to the facts. We get right up to the facts, and we can actually choose something else, and that's when Vivian said feelings. We can place our, our faith in feelings. And I just don't, it just doesn't feel right. Okay? Now, there is something to feeling. Feeling is not um, unbiblical. It actually, actually does have its place because we can read where people were past feeling. That means that they were numb to. So feeling is not unbiblical, but placing our faith in feeling can lead the wrong, wrong direction. Somebody, these are all, all start with F, so if, it, if you have an idea, anybody else? Finances. Finances, you can place, and, and you know what? You can, you get everything. If you're gonna place your decision-making faith in finances, um, it will take you as far as your finances will take you. Uh, unfortunately, feelings don't get you to eternity. Finances don't get you to eternity. I, I have family also here. One, one more that I wrote in um, since the last time we talked. But family, um, a lot of times people place a lot of faith in their family, and to some degree, you would, you would, as a child, you would place a type of faith in your family, like you would a chair, to some degree, uh, and and with that. But at some point. Your faith must be solely fixed in fact. And how we have pictured it to people is, here's the child, here's the parents. The parents have 100% care of the child when they're born. And over the years, as a parent, you want to change that dependency from you. You want to change that dependency to where they're completely dependent on God. And then at some point, they will care for you. That is kind of how this weird world works. So you change their diapers when they're young, and guess what happens when you're old? You, know, you come in this world with diapers, you leave this world with diapers. So that's you know, a good, good place to think about family at some point. So, and uh, I have another word here, uh, placing our faith in food, and that would be, uh, and then fraternity. That was a good one. Because that is a word that starts with F that indicates that we can place our faith instead of in biblical fact. 
in fraternities such as your college, okay, your identification with your education, but not only that, some sort of Moose Lodge or Elks Lodge or Masonic Lodge or some sort of organization. Uh, there's a lot of people that place all of their faith, so to speak, in certain organizations. All of those organizations will take you to a certain point. Unfortunately, uh, in a spiritual realm, they're very, very limited. So that was kind of where we left off last time. Um, and we're going to look now towards a few other things. This is the faith by which we begin, and this is the same faith by which we continue, and that's Colossians 2, verse 6. And I do want to bring this out because this is very important. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk ye in Him. And, and, and this seems to indicate that a, a methodology to some degree, but also uh, just the concept of our faith, as you have therefore, as you have therefore received Christ. Now, how have you received Christ? You placed faith that was gifted and granted to you. Now it's mine by responsibility. I have a responsibility to that faith, and and now I place that faith, which is mine by responsibility. I place it in the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as sufficient payment for sin. And, and I believe everyone here would have a profession of faith. And then imputed righteousness is then given to us. The important part of this is that the faith is not generated by us. It is ours by responsibility. The Holy Spirit leading and guiding us in the, to all truth is not us by generation, by generating it. It is the Holy Spirit. And then, and then um, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides in all truth, truth makes free. So the freedom is not ours. The faith is not ours. The Holy Spirit's direction is not ours. And the death bearer, the facts are not ours. And then the imputed righteousness on our life is not ours. It's how we can truly say it is all of Christ. And in that same way, we walk with Him. Okay? So walk in Him. It's the same pattern. Lord, what do you want me to do about buying plane tickets? Lord, okay, uh, I just, I, I don't have the, uh, then I go to the scriptures, I go to the facts, and then I understand the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding me, and I understand the fact that God is my provision. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, this is His ministry. It is, uh, uh, it is His, fa our family has been dedicated to Him. Lord, if you want me to be back there, I can trust I can place my faith in the fact of your provision, and I can have a peace that passeth all understanding. The peace is not mine. It's granted by God. The facts are not mine. They're His. He is the protector. He is the provider. He's the one that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. This is His ministry. And all of these truths will come, and God will give them to me by the Holy Spirit, which is leading and guiding us in all truth. The same way we got saved, is the same way we address every issue of life as we look in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Um, and then we were able, we, we saw that uh, we stand, uh, we walk, we live, watch ye stand fast in the faith, which you like then. Walk in Colossians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We covered those things last time. Now we're going to look at a couple of these 
uh, um, quotes from these different people. As with conjecture, speculation, and all these, um, there's another danger, and the danger of being influenced by impressions. So if you want to add it to the list of conjecture, superstition, speculation, presumption, um, you can add this to, these are some things that other people have said, but uh, we can be influenced by impressions, an effect, feeling, or image retained as a consequence of experience, a vague notion, remembrance, or belief. So, we experience something, we have it floating around in the back of our mind, and that becomes more stable and solid to us than going to the Word of God and having it absolutely changed in our hearts, our minds, and our life. Do we do you understand that? So we have an impression, we have an experience, and people start to then take their experiences of life and making decisions based on that. Sometimes it even uh, is generated by fear. Wow, last time I did that, this was the result. I'm never going to do that again. I recently heard somebody say, man, I would I'd never go to the mission field. One time, and, and, and it was kind of one of there I was. If you start a sentence with there I was, it's probably, but one time I was flying on an airplane and it was so scary and it was so this and the engine this and this happened and when we land we bounced and we skidded all the way and we went off the runway. There's no way I'm going to be a missionary because of an impression that I had about flying. And so I'm going to let you, well, think about the world and think about what we are doing in telling God. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to make a decision of life like, uh, what am I going to do about my redemption? I'm lost, I'm dying, I'm going to hell. Well, the death, burial, resurrection, sufficient payment for sin, and we get imputed righteousness. We use that, or we're so, so walking in Him. So impressions, George Mueller said this, Impressions have neither one thing nor the other to do with faith. Faith has to do with the Word of God. It is not impressions, strong or weak, which will make the difference. We have to do... Uh, it has to do with the written word and not ourselves or our impressions. This is where tradition of men becomes error. Now think about that. This is George Mueller. We're talking a long time ago. And he was saying, this is where the traditions of men become error is when we start to take our experiences or the experiences of other people. We, uh, we noticed this when we were down south with camp meetings. I don't know if anybody's familiar with southern style camp meetings. And one person would say, this is the new thing we're going to believe. And everybody in the camp meeting would just believe it. And they would reference Dr. So-and-so or Preacher So-and-so. Instead, now this, I'm, I'm just using camp meetings in the south. There, there's many of them that are phenomenal and great and have fostered a great revival. Uh, and there's many issues other, in other places of the world. But, I, but the thought came to my mind of a specific person, and I said, I said something about that person, and they said, never question Dr. So-and-so. And I went, I don't even know Dr. So-and-so. Where is he? Well, he passed away about 15 years ago. So now we're quoting by way of, I'm going to make the decision because I would never go against this particular person. Now, I think it's very important to be courteous, kind to leadership, great men and women who have gone on, 
but impressions, and that is the effect, feeling, or image retained as a consequence of experience, uh, this is where traditions of men become error if we're going to place our faith in it. So I'm not saying you can't learn from it. I'm not saying it's not a, a reference point. I'm not saying that it's all evil and wicked, but our faith must be placed solely in the facts of Scripture. So if you, again, you could add impressions to our list, but another thing we could add to it is probabilities. Okay? <clears throat> then the issue of probabilities, the quality or condition of the likelihood that a given event will occur. Action based on statistics. Okay? These are all things, and some people are really, are really dialed into this. Uh, and a lot of people who are very numbers oriented, and I, I, I think I'm fairly numbers oriented, this is a danger of placing faith in the best idea. Man, I just, you know, nine times out of ten, that doesn't work out. That does not mean that it's not God's will. That does not mean, because nine times out of ten, something does not work out, that does not mean it is automatically, statistically, not the will of God. So we can get wrapped up in probabilities. A huge temptation when it comes to exercising faith, faith too often the attitude is, it doesn't seem probable that whatever. The way things are going, I wonder if whatever. Okay. Well, if Trump doesn't get in as president in 2024, I, don't, I think I'm just going to probably get, get rid of my blue eye uh, passport. I'm going I'm to get a Chinese passport, get ahead of the game. Okay, if we're going to make decisions based on, boy, I don't know, okay, <clears throat> and, and we can notice those things by how we lead in with many sentences. Many people are willing to believe anything that seems probable. Faith has nothing to do with probability. Okay, again, uh, these can be data acquisition methods. We can look at past experience. We can look at probability, we can look at statistics, uh, we can look at these different things, but they are not our primary source of making decisions in faith. Okay, so Muller said one more thing, the, prov the province of faith begins where probabilities cease and sight and sense fail. Appearances are not to be taken into account. The question is whether God has spoken it in his word. How many times have you read the word of God and you looked at it and you're like, this is so far from where my mind was. This is so far from what I was thinking. This is unbelievable. This is amazing. And you should have times like that in your Bible reading all the time where God is re-steering our ship of life uh, more in his will. There's a fellow named Hayes. He, he said, faith must be based Upon certainty, there must be definite knowledge of God's purpose and will. Without that, there can be no true faith. For faith is not a force that we exercise or a striving to believe that something shall be, thinking that if we believe hard enough, it will come to pass. That may be positive thinking, but certainly not biblical faith. I thought about this. Um, when we were in Tungachan, there was a big movement that we kind of caught wind of called Praying a Bridge. Dr. So-and-so, some Korea fella, uh, got up and said something, and because he had his Ph.D. in theology or whatever, it automatically was now 
pretty much scriptural, which was which is part of that idea of <clears throat> taking somebody's experience and just jumping on board with it. But their idea was prayer bridge means each hour of prayer that you have is putting a brick into the arch of this bridge. And once you pray enough, you will be able to walk across in faith and you'll have success in whatever you are praying about. He was highly promoting prayer mountains, going off and praying for a month straight. He was highly promoting that, what is that, morning? Morning, Achim Yebe or something like that? What did they call that? Anybody remember? Do you know what they call morning prayer service? Anyway, they get up really early in the morning. You know what I'm going to be at 5 o'clock in the morning? Dawn service. What's that? Sigil. Yeah, that's what it is. <clears throat> anyway, it's going to be really hard for me to do that just because I'm not a... Well, I am a morning person. I just go to bed at, like, in the morning. <laughs> I don't go to bed at night. I go to bed in the morning. So to get up in the morning and you go to bed in the morning, that leaves some difficulties. But praying a bridge. So I was talking with one person about it. They were adamant. And I said, how many Facebook followers do you have? They said, like, I got like 1,200. I was like, I have 3,169 Facebook followers. So if I put, please pray for the Lemon family, and 1,100 of them pray for me, I'm going to get my prayer request granted faster than you. That's going into statistics and probabilities. And the person's like, oh, I never thought of that. Now, I was not promoting them to get more Facebook followers. <laughs> I was trying to help them to understand if this is true, the fact that I have three times the Facebook followers than you means I'm going to get my prayer request answered three times faster than you. So now what we're doing is we're adding probabilities, we're adding certainty, we're adding presumption, we're adding impressions all in. A fellow named Hopkins, and I don't know these people uh, um, personally, but they, they seem to have some ideas and be able to put into words some ideas about faith. Faith needs fact to rest upon. Presumption can take fancy which the idea of fancy is uh, <clears throat> choose to prefer or like over something. Oh, I fancy that. I'm choosing to prefer or like it. So it can presumption can take fancy instead of fact. God in his word reveals to us that facts with which faith has to deal with. God's word reveals those facts. Uh, a fellow named Stoney, real faith is always increased by opposition while false confidence is damaged and discouraged by it. There can be no steadfastness apart from immovable fact. Uh, <clears throat> so 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 says, The trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. On this fact, it appears that God begins to build us up in faith. Again, going back to George Mueller, he's got a lot to say about faith. Uh, he also said, God delights to increase the faith of his children. We ought, instead of waiting or of wanting no trials before victory, no exercise of patience, to be willing to take them from God's hand as I mean, as a means, I say. And I say deliberately, trials, obstacles, difficulties, and sometimes defeats are the very food of faith. In Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Failure, and I'm not saying prescribed sin of God by no means, but failure is part of God's plan uh, for increasing our faith. 
and again, I'm very much separating failure from sin. Do we get that? I'm not saying sin is part of God's plan for us to increase in faith. But failure is, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? The Lord pulled him with his hand. Because the steps of a good man, the idea, shall we address that? This no, they're just done out there, and they're just, don't worry about it. Oh, they're around. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, um, there's a lot in that particular verse. All right, so some final thoughts. Romans 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm reading this fast because I believe that we all probably have this verse well acquainted, if not memorized, that ye may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The just shall live by faith. We've read already, not only in our circumstances, not only in the sacred kind of versus secular, uh, which I think is a, a not a great division of the world, but in absolutely everything. Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, and it is evident for the just shall live by faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17, for the righteous, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I believe the Lord allows many things to happen on purpose to make